Hey, Talk Shop fans, it's Helen O'Brien, and I am back for season two of the Talk Shop podcast. This podcast is where we talk shop and we learn about different jobs and career paths where you don't need a four-year college degree. That's right. You don't need a Bachelor of Science. You don't need a Bachelor of Arts. For some of these careers, you might need to go to community college for a little while, get a certificate or get an associate's degree, Um, but you definitely are not incurring big amounts of college debt. Season two has a whole new cast of characters to talk about their career paths. With me on episode three is Arlene. Arlene is a biotechnology manufacturing associate. She is currently working in a lab and she's processing COVID test samples. This is a cool job. Let's jump in and talk shop with Arlene. Hi, Arlene. Thanks for joining me on Talk Shop Podcast. Arlene is a biotechnology manufacturing associate. That's kind of a long um, phrase for what you do. Can you, um, let's talk a little bit about what you do right now, and then maybe we'll go back in time and talk about what you did before and how you got to where you're at right now. So what does a biotech manufacturing associate do? Of course, of course. Thanks again so much for having me, Helen. Yes, absolutely. I actually, um, I finished my associate's degree and it is a mouthful. It's biotechnology manufacturing associate. Um, what we mainly do is we make products um, with biological things. So when I was finishing up my last year or so, it really focused on working with cell cultures. So I grew, um, our main thing right before COVID hit was we were growing our own cells in a Petri dish. And it was kind of like the way I, like an analogy I compare it to was um, like in the movies where you see that kids have to carry like a flower baby. It was kind of like that. And we had to keep growing it and growing it. And if we had contamination or if our cells died, I mean, we wouldn't fail the class, of course, but we would kind of look into what did we do um, to cause that contamination or what did we do that made our cells die out? So I kind of just, I would say that's kind of the best way to sum it up. Um, The biggest thing that you see with biotech is big pharma. So making, um, making drugs or making like an example right now would be the vaccine. So that's a really sure. good is the vaccine right now and how that was manufactured in such a short amount of time. Normally these things take like years and years and years, um, but we were blessed to have like great researchers, great scientists on the project um, to kind of expedite this whole process. And of course it was a crazy disease that was rampaging our city. So uh, that, that emergency type of thing, um, it ramped up production with manufacturing and research. Right. So when you said an associate's degree, just so our my listeners understand, that's something that you get at a community college, right? Yeah. So um, it's actually kind of funny. Um, I started as a nursing student <laughs> and I actually I was going towards the more typical, um, I guess, college pathway that most students go through. I went through, you know, high school and then junior year, you start thinking about the colleges you want to go to. And senior year, you actually start applying. I applied to, I want to say like nine CSUs and nursing. Um, I graduated in 2015, just to give a little bit of background. Um, Nursing is very competitive. It always has been. Um, And during my years, it was really, really competitive everywhere in any kind of major. So you can only imagine um, how competitive nursing was. So out of the about nine CSUs that I applied to, I got into two. (laughs) And I was really committed to attending a CSU. I'm a first-generation college student. I didn't really have much guidance with um, the college process or anything. All I know is that I wanted to be somewhere in the medical career. I always knew I wanted to be in the science career. Um, If you ask little Arlene in preschool what she wanted to be when she grew up, she said a veterinarian. So I always knew that I wanted to be somewhere in that realm. Um, And I would say in high school, that's kind of where I fell in line with like, okay, I think I want to do nursing. So that's what I applied as. And I eventually did commit to a CSU um, and right out of high school, I did go, Uh, but I really didn't feel passionate about, uh, I'll be honest, when I was sitting in my orientation and they gave me like a cute little pen and this little welcome package, 
and it said the CSU's name and it said like School of Nursing and they had this PowerPoint like showing all the things that you had to hit, all the points you had to hit and the competitiveness of like the testing for nursing. I was sitting there and I was like, holy, do I really want this? Is this what I want? And I kind of figured out right there um, before I even started at that school that I don't think nursing was for me, but I was like, oh my God, Arlene, you're this far in. Um, you're already committed to this school. You're, you're registered for classes for fall. You kind of have to do this. So I stayed through fall and part of spring semester. Um, but unfortunately, things happen, hardships happen. And I kind of came to the realization um, that it wasn't for me. And I was far from home. I missed home. I just wasn't ready mentally, physically, financially, a whole bunch of different aspects. So I decided to come back home. And I'm from uh, the Bay Area. Um, so I applied to Skyline. I went to school in South San Francisco. So I always knew that Skyline was like the community college to go to. Um, I live 10 minutes away from Skyline. I literally just take Skyline Boulevard to Skyline. Um, and that's kind of where I went. And I kind of just restructured what I wanted to do. Um, I started as like a general bio major and then kind of just the pieces fell together. It took a while for me to finish. So even the whole like two year program that you're supposed to go with, with the community college, I took, <laughs> I took four years, <laughs> but that's with like withdrawals and all this stuff, just different things, life happens. Um, but I don't regret anything that led me to where I am. And I can proudly say that like, I'm, I'm passionate about the career choice that I've fell to. Yeah, I can tell that you're passionate. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I think for the listeners, whether you're young or maybe you're looking at a career change, it's okay to make a change. And I think a lot of us feel like we're stuck and it's not, it's oftentimes it's because you're afraid of what other people are going to think of you. And I think that's really unfortunate because um, what I have found is that there, it's very rare that anyone is on a straight path. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. And so it's okay to, to kind of wiggle your way until you find your way. And, and that's totally fine. And, you know, when you went to the CSU, um, California state university system, I mean, as a nursing major, that's a big step to say, okay, I'm going to be a nurse. And, but it's interesting that you are landing in biotech because you're still helping people, but in a different way. A hundred percent, 100 percent. And I think, you know, being a first generation college student, what I wouldn't say what made me crack, but what kind of put things into perspective was I felt like I was I was kind of living my college career in the perspective of like my parents and my siblings. Um, and when I started to realize being at that CSU and really just taking the classes for nursing and everything, I was like, why did you choose this? This wasn't, I felt kind of rushed in the, in the entire process too. Um, I wish I utilized the resources that I did have on campus at high school because I did have a really, or I still do have a really good relationship with my high school counselor. Um, but yeah, I really just wish that I was just a little bit more, I guess I was too prideful as a high school student. I was like, I got this, I'm an adult, I'm 18, I'm gonna make these decisions. And then reality kind of slaps you in the face and you're like, really? no, th this isn't what you want. And I think one thing I really learned in my entire college career was that you can't resist what's meant to happen. Um, I've at a lot of the, the pivotal points in my college career, I tried to resist like moving out or going through a bridge program that I went through with Skyline to get into the program I'm currently in, or just a bunch of different aspects of like quitting the job that I was in. Um, and changing to a part-time job. Those were things that I had to realize, okay, these are the things that you have to, you have to come to peace with. And then from there, everything kind of just fell into place. And I was like, see, if you would have just done this six months ago, if you would have done this last year, if you would have done this or this or whatever it may be, look what happened. But again, I don't regret any of the choices that I did make because regardless, I learned from it and I, it, it made me into who I am. So it right. is at this point. <laughs> and, you, and you can't get down on yourself like, oh, I should have done it then or whatever. When we talked before, you had said a, a phrase and um, you said that you were always the perfect daughter and the perfect student. Yeah, or I tried to be. <laughs> tried to be. And um, I find that often where um, 
people are trying to keep, please everyone and trying to make sure that everyone, you're keeping the peace and I'm going to go be a nursing student. And then you realize this is not for Arlene. I'm not happy. I need to do something else. And so that's what happened with you. Mm-hmm. 100%, right. hundred percent. Yeah. I was really trying to be, I mean, being first generation college student, being the youngest and also um, being the only girl, <laughs> there was a lot of things that kind of just, I have to be perfect. I was in leadership and I love leadership. I love every aspect of it, but I started leadership in elementary school. Um, and then I touched back on it in high school. I ran seminars. I did workshops with a lot of my colleagues and like, I had a really strong, I kind of still have a relationship with um, our leadership advisor in for my high school. And, you know, those were things that that made me happy, but also looked really good on a college resume. I went into APs. Um, I was in AP literature, AP language, AP biology, just things wow. that, yeah, I had a full load. <laughs> I uh, got a job at 17, just things that like, I really tried to make myself as independent as possible because that's my, my siblings always stress, like, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. You know, we'll take care of the bills and whatever is going on in the family life. Cause my dad worked a lot. My parents divorced when I was like nine years old, really young. Um, my mom was always in my life, but she worked the nine to five. And then my siblings, as soon as they started working, they did. And so it was kind of just my siblings raising me and also kind of me raising myself. So once I could get more of that independence, like I was taking bus when I was like, in sixth grade, <laughs> I was in middle school, I was new, but I was taking bus everywhere I needed to go, you know, and it was just kind of like, I had to do what I had to do to kind of survive, you know? <laughs> right, right. But you, you kind of um, tried out, you dipped your toe in a few different things. So at one point you were working um, on a food truck. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I came back from the CSU, I actually had about six months until the semester started. Um, I worked at a small pizza place, kind of just to make money. I really had all this time. So I worked at a pizza place. Um, and then I started my fall semester at Skyline. And I actually worked retail because everyone's like, oh, do retail. Retail such a good thing. Hated retail, but I knew, <laughs> like everyone, of course. Um, but I knew I was good at my job. I got promoted to supervisor. I was a customer service specialist. I guess I just have like a customer service bone in my body. I'm just raised with it. I'm, it's just in my blood. Um, but unfortunately just retail sucked. So <laughs> left that area. Um, and I fell the food truck opportunity kind of, it was really just like, I needed a job. Let me try it out through winter break. Um, and let me see if I like it. And I ended up staying there for three years until my current job now. And I'm really close with the manager. It was literally a team of either me, my manager, and one other person. That's mostly what it is. Um, and I grew with that company a lot. I got to touch on my customer service skills. I also, I, I was in food for most of um, my like career, I guess you could say. Uh, the only time I switched gears out of food was that retail job for about a year. Um, but yeah, going into the food truck, I got to kind of get the best of both worlds with the customer service and with food because I got to do food prep and it was honestly, it was great. I was all around the Bay Area. We were as far as like Sonoma County. Uh, we mostly were in the financial district of San Francisco, which cool. is a really cool area to be in other than like a mall in my small town, you know? So it was really cool just to see all over the Bay. Um, and yeah, that, that, that place was a really great place. And unfortunately I just had to leave because they did shut down during COVID. Um, and I also needed to get back into the lab. So I was kind of like, okay, I'm not in lab right now during this entire pandemic. The last time I was in a lab um, before my current job was March, 2020. And from March, 2020, until I got my job in December, 2020, I was out of the lab. And that's like, all my career is, is very lab heavy. And I was like, there's a chance that COVID could last. I mean, hopefully it doesn't. But at the time I really thought COVID could last through my entire program. So I was like, mm -hmm. you know, imagine if I graduated and I have no lab experience. <laughs> so I was like, I need to get back in the lab somehow, some way. Um, and that's how I eventually had to part ways with the company. Um, it was really bittersweet, but I think when I got the job at the food truck and I kind of was developing into my career and what I, I was figuring out what I really wanted to do um, when I graduate, I told my manager and I was like, hey, like, I love this job and I want to be 
with this company as long as I can, but I think the next job after this will be something more in line with my career. It just, it didn't have an actual um, like date on it, of course, because that was like a year into that company. And he was like, okay, you know, he went through college and he knows exactly how it went. He even, he graduated in like IT or something and he ended up in like business. So it's really just funny how like these paths take you along um, for a ride basically. But yeah, it was, I still talk to him from time to time. I'm actually the godmother of his youngest kids. So we're really close. Yeah, it's amazing how um, you can be on a job and you find something that you really like or maybe something that you don't like. And then the next job you're like, oh, okay, well, I got, I can't do that thing that I don't like anymore, but I'd really like to focus a little bit more on this. And it's almost like you kind of hone in on yeah. what it is you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, and I, I mean, I tell, I work with students, I tell them all the time, you know, just get some job and figure out what it is that you don't want to do and then rule all those things out. And then you can kind of focus on the, your different options. Right. Yeah, um, so one of the things that you're doing now, um, working in the lab, you are processing COVID samples. Yeah, so I kind of took the the downside of our situation and kind of turned it into my paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I really, um, so starting December 2020, um, or I would even say like November, when I was finishing up my first semester in the current program that I'm in, um, I was like, I need to get in the lab. I need to figure out how to get into a lab, whether that's like volunteering at Skyline or getting in touch with um, another or with a, with a company. And I've never stepped into the lab world um, when it comes to like an actual career. So I was really stepping into like uncharted territory really and going kind sure. of, I, I actually met with my old biotech professors from Skyline um, through Zoom, of course. And I was just like, hey, do you think this is something I can handle? Like I'm doing full-time at school, 16 units all this stuff. And my biotech professor was like, dude, you've worked full-time and did full-time at Skyline. I don't see why this is any different. And I was like, you know what? You're kind of right. So so he was like, and I asked him, I was like, can I, can I put you as a referral? And he was like, of course, like put me down. Um, I applied to a bunch of companies and the thing with, I would say job hunting, and this goes for college graduates or even people like me who haven't graduated from college. Um, honestly, just apply for everything and anything. I applied for jobs that required a bachelor's, which I don't have. Mm. Um, I applied for jobs that required like two years of lab experience, which I mean, I kind of have, not really because, you know, that was on school and it was like in correlation with my curriculum rather than like actual in the industry. Um, But I really just applied for anything. I applied to like 10 companies and I would, I say I got maybe like a total of six responses. Some came way later where I was like, okay, I already have a job. Um, but I did get a call back. This was during finals week too. Um, I got a call back on the Monday of my finals week. And it was kind of like an informal phone interview with, um, I believe the recruiter of my current company. Um, and she kind of just like gave me a layout of exactly what I would be doing. She was like, yeah, you would, um, my position is a laboratory accessioner. So we take samples, um, they get accepted by our company, and then we're the ones who make the sheets that eventually go with those vials and get sent to lab to go do PCR um, for COVID, of course. And she kind of gave me a rundown of that. And she was like, this is what you'd be doing. You'd be looking at Excel sheets, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, this sounds cool. Seems super chill. Um, It is in Menlo Park, and I currently live in Daly City. So it's about a 30-minute commute right now. Um, But it was within... It was mostly so I could get that lab name on my resume. <laughs> so Absolutely. I yeah. So then I had a phone interview on Monday, had a follow-up interview. I believe it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and then I got my official offer that Thursday, all during finals week of my first semester of my program. Um, but yeah, I started training immediately and I was brought in that next Monday. Um, so basically as soon as I finished finals, I started working. Um, and I was just it was very stressful at first. I was a new person and I was brought in with like everyone who I met there, they were within their first like month there basically. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. But that just shows the volume of COVID samples that needed to be tested at that time. Um, And we were only doing, we primarily do skilled nursing facilities or like retirement homes, 
um, that kind of realm or certain like uh, specific hospitals, rehab centers, things like that. We're expanding a little bit more to other clientele, but that's mainly what we focused on. Um, and we were processing thousands of samples per day. Even now we process thousands and thousands on a weekly basis. And it's just crazy. I mean, I'm kind of happy that I'm able to, this is kind of me giving back to the community still um, without any direct patient care. Cause of course that's super dangerous and super scary. And at first this job was kind of scary. Like when I tell people, yeah, I processed COVID samples. They're like, aren't you scared? And it's like, no, like we have masks on, we have like hand washing stations, we wear gloves, like we're not going in there drinking the vials or anything. You know? <laughs> right. It's almost like you have hazmat suits walking around processing yeah. this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So um, do you think, so at this point when you applied, you had your certificate, you had your associate's degree, which was in the biotech manufacturing associate. Mm-hmm. So that's probably helped you get this position. Something that you mentioned and you said, you know, um, you'd, some jobs you just apply and sometimes you don't need the a degree. That was key in what you said, because um, there are so many jobs that are out there. People think they read the requirements and they're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't qualify. You know what? Send it in anyway. Like you said, there might be a buzzword or something in your resume or something that you did three years ago. And they might be like, oh, that's the person we need. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, a lot of jobs, even like government jobs, Mm -hmm. working for a city and county, um, if you read their job descriptions, a lot of times it'll say qualifications. And the first thing they'll always talk about is the degree. They'll say, you know, um, a bachelor's or whatever. And then if you keep reading, it'll say, or. Yeah. X amount of experience. X amount of years of, of experience, or they might, they just, it, so you have to keep reading these job descriptions. Like as soon as you read it and you see the degree part in them, you're like, oh, forget it. Keep reading. Exactly. Super important. And just apply, like you said. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I want to tell my listeners, not that you're guilty of this, Arlene, (laughs) but please do not ghost recruiters. Oh, 100%. If someone calls you, uh, you better call them back. Yeah. I heard from a recruiter recently and she had great advice. And she said, all of you have cell phones. Mm -hmm. Please set up your voicemail box with a greeting. Yeah. <laughs> and if we leave you a message, please call us back. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I even even the pl- places that offered me something after I accepted my current offer, um, I just respectfully declined. I was like, thank you so much for reaching out. I appreciate you taking the time to review my resume. Just kind of cookie cutter. But as long as you give them some kind of, you know, reply, even if it's a no, um, it's just super, you never know if you might end up applying for this company down the road. So that's why right. to keep your options open. I would say not that I plan on leaving my company or anything, but it's just, you never know five years down the road, 10 years, even next year, even um, yeah. LinkedIn contact, you know, you might be like, Hey, I was wondering if you still have that position open. Mm-hmm. Boom. There's your foot in the door since you already had contact with them. So yeah. And you actually might be running across the same recruiter, but now they're with a different company and they remember you and they're like, Oh yeah, that's Arlene. Oh, she didn't call me back. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. I'm not going to contact her. Yeah. You're like, forget it. No, no. Everything. It's just like, no, it's okay. Cause people will remember and Mm -hmm. really learn through customer service, uh, training all these people is people will remember how you made them feel. Absolutely. For the things you, the events you might have, you know, made or whatever, but the way you made them feel personally, um, that's something that really sticks with people. So it's like, just don't be rude to people. Just be nice. You know, even if they might've been nasty or whatever, the best thing to do is just be like, that's great. Hope you have a good life. Close that door. <laughs> you know. Right, right, right. So Arlene, okay. So you went from nursing and you're kind of a people pleaser, people person. And um, you even, so you worked on the food truck, you even dabbled in, um, EMT. Uh-huh. So, um, emergency medical technician, right? Yes. Yeah. You found, eh, this isn't for me. Yeah. And then you landed here with biotech manufacturing, mm-hmm. um, which is a great job. 
Mm-hmm. And so some people will stop here and say, okay, I, I'm happy working in the lab. Yeah. I want to keep doing this. But um, do you want to tell the listeners about what what you're doing now? Because now you're um, you're pursuing, you're moving on a little bit from the biotech manufacturing associate into something else. Tell us about that. Um, I'm actually part of a program at Solano Community College, which is one of Skyline's sisters, sister colleges. Um, I'm actually maybe the fourth cohort. Uh, so it's a really new program. I'm, I believe I'm the first to transfer out of Skyline into this program to Solano. The other school that you could have transferred to uh, from Skyline is also Miracosta in San Diego. Uh, but they are actually, there's a certain, um, or I believe every community college, um, you're allowed at least one program where you can get a bachelor's degree. Um, Skyline, it's respiratory care. For Solano, they petitioned and they were able to do um, a bachelor's in biomanufacturing. So that's currently what I'm doing. I'm pursuing my bachelor's. Um, I'm finishing up just about my first year. It's been all distance learning, Um, but I'm finishing up my first year. I have one more year and they have like a program timeline. You could do part-time, you could do full-time. The amount or the type of students that I have in all my classes, you have like you have people that are veterans, you have people that are parents, you have people that are in the industry right now, but they wanna um, get a bachelor's. So they might've gone into the industry with like an associates um, and built all this experience, but now they're going back because they see this is being offered um, and you can get a bachelor's. And for me, um, what really inclined me to join this program was of course, one part is being um, passionate about biotech and biomanufacturing, all that stuff. But also I don't come from like an affluent family. I come from like a middle-class family. You know, we're very average. Um, My dad's worked at the airport for years and years and years, like my entire life, basically. My mom did like admin jobs. And like, like I said, I've always provided for myself. Um, So money was never something that was always there. Um, And going to community college definitely helped. I have, I'm on grants through financial aid. When I went to that CSU, Luckily, my tuition was covered, but partially why I left was um, my room and boarding wasn't covered. And that was about $3,000 a month, which mm-hmm. I didn't have. <laughs> so that was, part of yeah. yeah, you know, it's, I mean, I'm not embarrassed by it. It's the reality of things. And again, things happen for a reason. So that CSU kind of, in a way, pushing me out, um, kind of showed me like, okay, maybe this isn't where, where you're supposed to be right now, at least. Um, so really it's just this program, you're able to get a bachelor's for, if you're on financial aid like me, my tuition is you know, fortunately fully covered. Um, again, I'm on grants. I didn't have to take out any student loans, which I know loans are super scary for people. It scared the crap out of me for sure. When I heard loans, sure. oh no, $10,000 debt. How am I gonna buy a house in the Bay Area, especially if I have like this $50,000 you know, loan from just, a state university, you know, I can only imagine people who go to privates or universities, which no shame to them, you know, if you're able to do it, by all means, go for it. Um, but money was never, you know, something big. Um, so it was really just making everything count. Um, and I think that's also what really pushed me um, to be in this program was, okay, Arlene, you're getting paid to go to school, your tuition's covered, take advantage of distance learning, you know, you don't even have to move out to Solano, because this school is in, um, our campus is in Vacaville. Um, our main campus, the Solano Community College campus is, I believe, in Vallejo, but the biomanufacturing students have their own campus uh, in Vacaville. And I was like, okay, you're not moving out. So really just take advantage of everything. And that's what I've done this entire time, luckily. So it's a, it's a great program for sure. That's awesome. So, and I think um, if anyone's really interested in biotech, I think you really need to do your research ahead of time. Um, a lot of students I talk to, they just say, oh, I'm going to the you know local community college. And they haven't really checked out what's there. Yeah. Now, granted, maybe they don't have that focus yet. Um, you kind of knew you were going into nursing. I mean, you probably could have gone to, to Skyline, to your community college, straight out of high school and mm-hmm. thinking that you were going to be a nurse. And maybe eventually you would have headed over to biotech, but you never know, right? Exactly. Um, so I think it's important when you're considering community college, which whether you're in high school or you're in a four-year college right now and you're thinking, oh, this isn't for me, 
maybe um, definitely research the community college and see what do they have? Because they're all different. Some have different programs. Mm-hmm. They all have the basic, you know, business path. Exactly. And, but there's ones who have different pathways. And so the one that you went to yeah. is the only one in your area that has that biotech. And then the community college that you're going to for the bridge program is the only one in Northern California, right? Yeah. Yeah. The other ones in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you're outside of California, I'm sure that there's other programs around. Um, Of course, biotech is big in California, but um, in other parts of the United States, you might find a community college that has this kind of a, of a program. So you're getting your bachelor's Mm -hmm. at a community college. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think one thing that's kind of crazy too with with me, I had this, so once I figured out, okay, let me dial back and kind of just focus, let me do biology. That's what my major was right before I switched to biotech. I was like, okay, let me do biology. Cause my plan was, I didn't know at this time that there was even an option for a bachelor's program, mm-hmm. biomanufacturing. Um, I thought I'd have to transfer to like UC Davis or something like that. And I kind of just, I went into the counseling office cause I was due to do another every like certain amount of semesters you have to um, do a student success program, basically showing like a progress report. Like I'm on track to graduate in this um, major or whatever it may be. And every time I would go into there, they, <laughs> they kind of always give me bad news. They were like, you're going to be at Skyline for this long. Cause originally what I was is um, a biology student and I was going to be on an AST, which is an associate in science transfer. So my plan was eventually I would transfer to SF state and get my um, my bachelor's there in biology. And I was like, okay, while I get my bachelor's in biology, let me get my associates in biotechnology at Skyline. So at least that way I have my bachelor's so I could hit that point with jobs, but I have my focus, which is biotechnology, which seemed kind of like a mess, but in my head, it made sense, you know? <laughs> so I was like, sure. okay. and I went into the counseling office and I was like, hi, I'm here to do my student success program, thingy-ma-bob. And they're like, okay, since I was like a drop-in, it was just kind of like, whoever I would be, like whatever counselor was available, they would take me. Um, so I kind of just sat there and then eventually um, someone called me and I was like, hi, my name's Arlene. And she's like, hi, my name's Jenny. And I think honestly meeting Jenny, it was kind of just like the stars aligned because she, again, this was a drop-in. I didn't know who I was going to be met with, with a counselor. And she was the dedicated biotechnology counselor at Skyline. <laughs> so I was like, Exactly. And she was like, oh, what are you here for? And I told her I'm here to do my student progress thing. And she's like, okay, cool. And she's like, tell me about yourself. Tell me your plan. She pulled up my records and she was like, wait, you want to do biotech, but you also want to do a bachelor's at a CSU for um, biology. And I was like, yeah, just to have that biology bachelor's and biotech name. And she was like, oh, this is, you know, and that's where Solano came into play. And I was like, oh, I didn't know about that program. And she gave me, you know, the paperwork and she even printed out the one for the San Diego school. And that's, that was in fall of 2018. Um, so I was, once she laid everything out, we literally, we were two weeks into the semester and I was doing all the biology GEs, like calculus. And I was enrolled in a certain kind of biology, just basically all these biology calculus, like the harder classes for me to do, uh, for me to transfer. And we redid my entire schedule. And that's when I first got put into the biotech classes. Cause I basically hit all the general education for biotech already since I was a biology major. Right. Um, I was just missing like general chem one stats and cell biology. And then the rest were, it was like eight biotech classes. Um, so we redid my entire schedule. I had to do a bunch of ad codes, all this stuff. And fall 2018 was <laughs> when I started my biotech all the biotech classes basically. And then fall, or no, this was, sorry, this was fall 2019. And then spring 2020 was when I would be graduating with my associates in biotech. So I think it's just kind of crazy how within two semesters, I finished everything. I took a two-year program at Skyline. Of course, given that I had a lot of the general educations done already, but taking all the biotech classes and condensing them into two semesters so that I could apply to Solano in fall. Because <laughs> they yeah. only take um, students, I believe they only take applications for their program every fall. 
So I had to condense everything and do, and so I could apply in fall. And then sure. <laughs> That's good. Well, you're a go-getter. <laughs> I try to be at least. <laughs> yes, you are. I can tell. So, um, so the biomanufacturing technology, wait, biotechnology manufacturing associate. Mm-hmm. So someone wanted to just continue as an associate and work in a lab. And I'm sure that they could probably move up um, in the lab. Um, that's a great job. Oh yeah. 100. I have um, classmates that are already um in the field, in the industry, this is a competitive industry. And, and like I said, like the pandemic really put, I think it's kind of crazy when people try to ask me like, Oh, what is, what's your major? And I'm like, you know, the pandemic that's going on the vaccine, that's my major. That's what we do. <laughs> All that like manufacturing of the vaccines. Um, that's my major basically. Of course that's given they're like at a PhD master's level, you know, one day I dream to be publishing papers like them, but you know, that's what I tell them. Like, that's my major right there is all that research and everything. Um, but there are definitely people who are in the industry right now. Um, when I met with my biotech um, professor from Skyline and I talked to him about it because um, I was actually, they, they offer a master's program now. Um, it, no one's transferred to it yet out of Solano, but there's a school on the East Coast that's offering a master's now. And I believe it's in I want to say it's in stem cell and gene therapy. I could be wrong, but they recently just announced this. Um, and I was kind of meeting with my, my professor from Skyline. And I was like, is this something that I should consider? And he was like, I mean, you know, keep it in the back of your head, but really just take it one step at a time, finish your bachelor's first. And I think it's just crazy that this is all through community colleges. With your master's, you normally don't get any financial help, but they actually are offering grants um, to, our, to these students. And you could, you could honestly pursue a master's. It's something, it's in the back of my head. I haven't made a decision on it yet, but I could definitely go into the field right now, quit the Solano program and build my, um, build my resume that way. But I will say that like everything else, biomanufacturing and biotech, it's becoming very competitive. <laughs> so you might move up through a company, but if you try to change to another company and you have that like 10 year experience, but they might want to also look for a bachelor's or even an associate's. And you never know, like you said, the whole thing where it's like, oh, X amount of experience or this, you know, it's the same thing with that. It really just depends on the company, depends on who you know also. That's also really- Absolutely, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Just being nice to people again, coming back to that. You never know when one of your old classmates might be your supervisor at a job you're applying to, you know? So it's really, there's a lot of flexibility with it, but it's really just- doing what, what's comfortable for you too, because school's not for everyone. And I totally feel for that too. There's people who, who hate school. My brother hates school. I totally feel for it, you know, but luckily I love school. <laughs> I miss school when I'm not in it. So like a nerd, but oh, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm one of those, but I totally, I'm proud of that. I love the mental stimulus. And I think that's also why biomanufacturing is a good field for me, at least. Um, because we're doing constant, constant experiments, constant research, just constantly um, trying to trying to discover the unknown, you know, and then that might turn into a drug that could help this this population of people, you know. Sure. So, um, what? Tell me. You don't have to tell me exactly, but what's the pay like? I mean, I, I know that you're working in this place, and you're probably getting benefits. You're probably getting, you know, your health and dental and um, retirement plan. Um, is the pay decent? I mean, a hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> of course I'm entry level. Um, I, I would say also the Bay area, of course it is very competitive. Sure. Um, so, and there's a lot of people doing, um, laboratory accessioners for COVID samples specifically. I've seen offers when I was applying to all these different jobs. Um, and now having this lab experience under my belt, the pay range is anywhere from like $20 an hour. And I've seen upwards of like 28 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course it really depends on what you're doing. I've had some coworkers too that have left for other companies, nothing personal. I'm totally happy for them. And they told me, yeah, I'm going to be doing this now. Um, because you know, this job gave them that foot in the door and now they're getting paid, you know, 25, 28. And these are people that are in their twenties, you know, these are people and my job too. Um, it only required a high school diploma or GED, um, which was really cool. I thought that was really cool, but a lot of my coworkers just happened to have um, like a bachelor's or an associate 
or they're pursuing a bachelor's or whatever it may be. Um, and they just wanted their foot in the door for, you know, when their career takes off, if sure. and when they school, you know? Right. Um, you know, I was looking at um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. I always look at their, when I'm interviewing someone, just to see kind of what the job outlook is. Mm-hmm. And for technicians, and that's kind of like what you're doing. You're kind of almost like a technician. One level it, right before them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like 5%, which is high. So it's a 5% job outlook, which means there's going to be um, definitely more people being hired. And I think with this pandemic, I think it's only escalated that, like it's really brought it to the forefront. Like these are people that we need. I mean, this is something that's affected the whole world. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, anyway, so, okay. So tell me, what do you think are three qualities someone would need to be successful as a biotech manufacturing associate? Three qualities. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like every STEM major um, <laughs> is like this, but just wanting to discover the unknown. Like, oh, what, that's a good one. You know, just wanting constantly just, I've noticed that with a lot of my coworkers, even though we're just doing like Excel sheets with these vials, but just being like, oh, how come we have to do a process this way? You know, or we ask like, why is it that this client does this a certain way when they give us their samples? And, you know, our supervisors, if they know the answer, they'll tell us straight away. They're like, oh, it's because of this, like, oh, because of this. And I think it's just really interesting to see like all these very curious, like 20 something year olds. And we're always just constantly like, why is it like this? You know, like curious <laughs> like, and like inquisitive. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I would say wanting to know the unknown, um, I mean, this is very cliche, but just being very hardworking, uh, like hardworking, good work ethic that goes for any industry, really. Absolutely. Because that thing, those things get recognized. Um, we actually had an opportunity recently where my, my leads at the time got promoted to supervisors, but because of that, um, they needed someone to fill the lead position and they were having interviews, whatever. I knew for myself, I wasn't going to go for lead. Um, and that's because when I left that retail job, I told myself, okay, school's going to be your number one priority. That's it. Hands down. When I applied to jobs um, in December, I was like, I need a part-time position. That's my deal breaker. I'm sorry. I had to turn down positions that I really wanted because they were full-time, but I'm like, okay, it's just right place, wrong time type of thing. Um, but I know when I, when those interviews for lead were coming up and my supervisor actually pulled me to the side And she was like, yeah, I just wanted to have a one-on-one with you, just like a check-in really. And she asked me, she was like, why didn't you go for a lead? And I was like, to be honest, I don't have the time commitment that you guys need of me. Um, But because she knows I'm a hard worker and I have a strong work ethic, I go in and I'm not over here doing 110%. I'm just doing my job really, you know, and I make the best of it, but I'm not like a nasty person. I'm not, you know, if someone asks me a question, I'm like, oh, it's like this, or, oh yeah, I wouldn't take that one or whatever the question may be. Um, It's really just, I go in every day and I I try my best, you know, that's really, and that's, you know, when people think hardworking, they always think it's someone who does like, you know, 50 hour work weeks, all this overtime, you know, no, that doesn't necessarily mean that, right? If you go in and try your best, you'll get recognized. You know, I wasn't even trying to be lead. um, But my supervisor asked me like, why didn't you consider it? And I was like, I did consider it. But I knew from the beginning, I wasn't going to go for it because of my own priorities. And I would love to commit to you guys in that way. But unfortunately, I can't. And that's just the reality of it. It's nothing because like, I don't want the responsibility with, you know, with lead, it's like, these are things that could happen down the road. And I'm happy they even thought of me, you know, you know, but it just know your work doesn't go unrecognized as long as you are trying. That's really what, you know, you're trying your best every day. That's all that matters. Right. You don't get recognized by the right people. Right. Right. And it's for you, it's where you're at right now. Yeah. You're pursuing other, you know, the, the bachelors. And so you can't take on a lead position, but another thing you said, getting recognized, I think it's so important. People are watching you. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. A lot of people think, Oh, they don't see me. They don't see me sneaking in 20 minutes. Like they see you. It's little things. It's really little things. (laughs) They see you. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think I'm also blessed to ha- to be in a, a work environment that isn't super micromanaged. It's very mm-hmm. much like, as long as I know you're doing your job and you're getting your job done, mm-hmm. I won't be on you. Um, but also don't take advantage of that. You know? Exactly. It's only, it takes one person really to ruin that trust. So it's like, don't, don't even try, you know, don't even, don't even start with and don't take advantage of them being nice in the first place. So just try to show up on time. They even give us like a 10 minute buffer, you know, Mm -hmm. like, cause we're in the Bay area. Everyone's coming from different areas. There's traffic, there's accidents that happen, you know? So it's just, but don't take advantage of it. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. So we have curious and inquisitive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have hard worker. Did we come up with the third one? third one in this field I think honestly just being nice being nice I think that's really um one thing that my biotech professor talked about too when I was applying for jobs is this is an industry where if you were to do something super shady like sell intellectual property or Mm -hmm. you know tell tell company secrets you could become blacklisted you know you you know and because this is in the end, of course, this is a money-making industry um, where if you were to sell, you know, the formulation to like Pfizer's vaccine, for instance, you you could not only become blacklisted, you you could get sued, <laughs> you know? And I think really just being nice and just caring for your company, um, like you don't have to be, you don't have to be like Pfizer's number one fan, you know? I'm sure there's things that you're going to disagree with with your company. Um, those are things that happen in any kind of industry, not just this industry. It happens in retail, it happens in business. You know, those are things that there, there are always going to be things that go against like your own ethics or whatever it may be, but you can't be shady like that, you know, cause that could ruin you. Right. No, exactly. I think in addition to being nice, kind of what you're saying is be smart. Yeah. Yeah. Be smart. Um, because you're right. If you get a bad name out there, you've had it. Yeah. And that goes for any industry too, you know? Any industry. Yeah. If you get the bad name, yeah, you better uh, think about changing your name or. Right. Or moving to like a different country or something. (laughs) Yeah. Because the world's too small now. Exactly. And imagine the Bay Area too. It's not very big. It seems big. It really isn't. (laughs) No. And with everything online and LinkedIn and, you know, all this technology, social media, you really have to watch it. Exactly. Yeah. Social media is also a very big one. Always just being self-aware, being nice, just those things kind of go hand in hand is just always just look out for yourself. I mean, this isn't a very, at least from what I've, I've experienced, it's not super cutthroat. I'm sure at higher levels, it could get very cutthroat, like the competitive competitiveness between um, Moderna and Pfizer. I'm sure that was very cutthroat at one point, but oh, sure. that, you know, I'm sure it's like getting to the moon. You know, we want to be the first one. We want to be the one that cures this course. It's a race, you know, and that's what I remember seeing the headlines, the race to the cure, the race to the vaccine, the race to this. And I'm sure it can get very cutthroat, but for the time being, especially being so young in my career, I have to look out for myself. And when my coworkers leave, we always tell them because they're, they're pretty sad to leave, you know, because they we try to keep a very healthy work environment where it's not hostile. It's not toxic. We're very open. We talk about like, oh, what did you do this weekend? Or a lot of us go out together, like to go on hikes. We eat out together, things like that. And when a coworker leaves, we're always like, we wish you the best. I'm happy, you know, you found this position. Of course, we're super sad. And, and some of them, you know, tear up on their last day, but it's really just we all know at the end of the day, it's nothing personal. It's really just, you're doing what you need to do um, in order to survive, really. You know, we're all establishing our careers. Some of my coworkers, they're from foreign countries with degrees and they haven't been able to get another job because, you know, a lot of them see like, they have citizenship already, but a lot of them see, you know, for whatever reason, when they have a bachelor's from somewhere that isn't the US, they're like, it takes a little bit longer or they don't look at it as I'm trying to find the word for it. They just don't recognize it as good as like a, a, a United States degree, which is so interesting to me because these people are brilliant, you know, and it's so Ooh, absolutely. And it's like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, how is it that me with an associates, just because I'm, you know, it's from the U S 
gets a job or gets placed on a higher list than someone who has a bachelor's from a foreign country. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy, but it's also, you know, I wonder if it's all like who, you know, and your connections. And I mean, you said yourself that your um, biotech professor from your community college where you got your associate's degree was, you know, a big proponent of yours and, you know, he really kind of helped you along and you just don't know. I mean, that could have really helped you over this person, <laughs> person who had the bachelor's from a foreign country, right? Exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy for sure. And I think it's just maintaining those relationships with my professors as well. I have a really good relationship with both my professors who are, you know, basically the ones who run the biotech program. Um, and I want to maintain the relationships that I currently have uh, with Solano and my professor, because she's the she's the director of the program, and she actually runs you know some of the classes that I do take, and I plan on maintaining that relationship. And it's just not even just for my own personal gain, but just again, you'll never know five years down the road, ten years down the road. What if she leaves you know the school and she becomes a manager at some plant somewhere in South City or wherever it may be? And I'm like, oh my god, I was your student, <laughs> and then right, you, right, you right. Know, maintaining relationships is so underrated. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's super important, you know, just reaching out, you know, sending a quick thank you or whatever it is, because people remember that. And, um, yeah, any, anything you can do to maintain that relationship, even just, you know, sending a quick text, saw this cartoon thought of you, you know, have a great day. Yeah, exactly. People remember that stuff. Building connections in general, you know, I try to be when I go into work, I try, even if I'm having a bad day, which is rare, but like, you know, sometimes you have a bad day, but like still laugh at your friend's jokes or just be like, oh, how was your weekend? How was your day? I think also just for me, at least I have a really good way of flipping the switch when it comes to like coming into work. Like I flip the switch, like if something personal happens in my day that ruins it, you know, like maybe me and my dad go into an argument or whatever it may be, you know, and I go into work, I try to flip that switch, like, okay, this is work Arlene now. Yeah, you had a fight with your dad or your brother, whatever, your brother was being dumb, whatever it may be. Well, once I enter that door, I'm like, okay, work Arlene, I'm ready. Or like, same thing with school, even with distance learning, like, yeah, I have the problems out there, whatever it may be, my annoying nephew or my annoying brother, whatever it may be. But like, I'm in class, I'm in a meeting, I'm in this, like, this is it. Like locking in really helps, especially during distance learning. I know that's very hard. You know, not everyone I'm been like, I'm very fortunate that I don't have like kids at home or anything, you know, like I give big props to those who have kids at home or have to go to work because um, they're full-time because they're parents or whatever they may be. I give major props to that. And I'm very fortunate that I'm just in my little room and I get to focus like this. Um, but I definitely took advantage of distance learning. Um, and that's something I think everyone should. I know, I know not everyone can adapt to distance learning. I had some classmates that it was very hard for them and I can understand that. Sure. Um, but for me, it was more of at the time during my first year or first semester of the program, I wasn't working. Um, and I, I wasn't seeing friends because of course COVID, you know, the, the vaccine wasn't out yet. Um, so I really had no reason to fail any of my classes. Uh, so my first semester, I got my first 4.0 ever, like ever, ever. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, cause you didn't have a reason to, you're getting paid to go to school. You're on unemployment. You're not seeing any of your friends. So you don't have like social distractions. Um, you have no reason to fail. So I was like, okay, lock in. All I did was just, I studied a lot and I actually went running because uh, I was like the only thing that you could really do. Mm-hmm. I just locked in and unfortunately, or fortunately, I took advantage of what happened. And I think that's kind of just the epitome of my entire life is I took advantage of the opportunities that kind of just fell on my lap. And I think it mainly came back to like just resisting, not resisting change anymore and just letting it be, let it play out. And fortunately, the pieces kind of fell together. Mm-hmm. Arlene, I think you've been locking in for a while. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, you graduate high school, you're, you know, thinking about nursing, you're like, you know, you do this food truck thing, you're doing retail EMT, and then you stumble upon biotech. Yeah. And here you are. I mean, 
that's very inspirational. And, you know, your first generation, you got a lot going on with your family. Um, so, you know, kudos to you, props to you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I mean, I really just, I hope your listeners can take away that, like, you don't have to be this superstar, uh, valid Victorian, 580. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, props to them. I have no, you know, I'm clap, you know, clap off to them. I'm amazed that they can do all that. And I'm happy, you know, they got into Stanford, Berkeley, all these amazing schools, whatever they may be. But um, I'm just a normal kid who kind of just <laughs> tried her best, went to community college, um, learned a lot, got tossed around a bunch. Um, but again, I don't regret any of the choices that I made. I, I really just fell into where I am now. Right. And I think, again, it, it is as cliche it is, as it may sound, what's meant to be will be. Um, I never really believed in that until I really started to go into my like college career full force. And I was like, hey, you know, if I fail a test, that's because I didn't study. Or if I do really good on a test, it's because I put in those hours to study. Um, it's really just making the commitment and making, I wouldn't even say the right choices. Cause I definitely made some bad choices, you know, going to CSU straight out of high school, that was a quote unquote, like bad choice on my part. But again, I don't regret it. Um, because if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have taken school as seriously when I came right. back, you know, and it's really just these little things, you know, at the time, of course, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. It's going to set me back, blah, 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 blah. Or like, you feel super lost at one point. I felt super lost. I was like, what am I going to do with my career? I thought nursing was it. Am I going to do biology? Am I going to do EMT? Like, what is this? And I was just like, okay, just take it day by day, Arlene. Take it week by week. You have a test this week. You have homework due Sunday at midnight. Just get that done. And then you have work tomorrow. And, you know, just like, sometimes it's okay to look at the day by day small steps rather than the bigger picture. Absolutely. Because it could change tomorrow, even, who knows, mm-hmm. you know, everyone thinks that, oh, because I'm going to, you know, graduate in biomanufacturing, that I might go into big pharma, but there's also other realms that my biotech professor, I actually went to this, um, it's called a cultured meat symposium, where they're actually trying to learn or trying to manufacture um, meat on a Petri dish. So instead of having like 10 million cows, we could have like three cows, take a biopsy of them, grow a steak in a plate, and there's cow meat, you know? Oh, wow. Exactly. I know. I didn't know about that. They're even trying to do it with like tuna fish um, because there's like overfishing of like fishes and everything and mm-hmm. try to also preserve our planet because agriculture does make up a lot of um, our emissions and everything. And it takes up a lot of our water. It takes up a lot of our land. Absolutely. We- that you've touched on that's a whole other podcast Arlene (laughs) right right exactly that's a whole but I just you know that's a whole nother like realm that people don't even realize is biomanufacturing biotechnology but Mm -hmm. it's just taking living things and doing something with it you know right right so that's a whole other facet of biotech yeah because a lot of people of course don't even know when you say biotech they're like what is that you know oh right (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. So, so true. true. Just taking living things and making something of it. Exactly. Arlene, you have been a wealth of information. And I think um, I like your path. I think a lot of people can relate to you, both high school students and community college students, and even you know people who've already gotten their bachelor's. I think a lot of people will be able to relate to you. So thank you. Um if anyone has any questions, I'm going to just tell them to, they can reach out to me on Instagram, my website, and then, you know, I can always forward it to you or, um, and I won't ghost anyone. (laughs) I hope not. I hope you don't ghost me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but thank you for your time today. This is really amazing. I loved hearing your story. I think it's really, um, like I said, it's inspirational and it's great for people to hear, that um, you've locked in and that you've landed. <laughs> I hope so. I'll let you know in a year once I actually have that paper, of course. <laughs> okay. But it's okay. I mean, you, yeah, you had that great associate's degree and exactly. That's have- a great way to go too. Exactly. Exactly. It was an honor having me. 
on here and you know it was a pleasure um I hope you know we keep in contact if you guys have any questions I'm I would love to answer them again like I'm just a normal person we just try their best every day and if I can do it you sure as hell can <laughs> absolutely yes she is a normal person normal person <laughs> yes yeah so thank you thank you for listening to talk shop podcast you can follow on instagram and facebook at talkshop.podcast until next time get out there baby lock in dig in and have no regrets always lead by example